Welcome to the Drunk Dietitians Podcast, co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, co-owner of Dietitians of Palm Valley, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. Us dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We're also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we're medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join us for our favorite casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Dietitians. Sam and Jenna here. And I can uh, like honestly say I like feel a sensation in my body right now. I'm sweating. That sounds very weird to say to start this intro, but had Janine Standish, who is a therapist, a mental health specialist, and we literally just did basically a live like therapy session on air. Sammy asked her how much it cost afterwards. <laughs> like I just I you know Jenna and I preach all the time like health from a holistic standpoint, not only physically but mentally and emotionally, and she. And they all about stress does to us and living in 2020 with social media and all these apps and comparison <laughs> and imposter syndrome. Like, ah, it was so good. It was so good. And she brought it home too, or actually Sam brought it home. You got to stay to listen to the whole episode. And she connected yeah. all of the way that food plays into this and the relation with food and things that we can do. There's action items that you guys can take away and like implement right away from this episode. And when she speaks, I listen. Um, I yeah. know Janine on a personal level. Janine has um, been an instrumental part of my like mental health healing in my life um, and connected me with all the right people, including the therapist that I see today. And I'm so grateful for Janine for that. But when she speaks, I listen because it, it's science-based. She has evidence. She has research. She has quotes. And it's like, okay, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> Her analogies were amazing and it was just, we definitely, after today, like I want to book a million more with her and just with mental health specialists and therapists in general, because I think that has such a huge role in health and it just needs to be talked about. So without further ado, cheers. enjoy this episode. Yeah. Cheers and enjoy this episode. <laughs> it was amazing. All right. So welcome back, everybody. We are on Drunk Dietitians here with one of my favorite human beings. Her name is Janine Standish. She is a therapist, mental health specialist, and registered yogurt, yogurt, yoga <laughs> teacher for children and also getting her certification to teach adults as well. Janine is somebody that has impacted my life in so many different ways by the things that she says and just by just being around her. And I'm super excited to share her wisdom and her presence and her knowledge about so many things. I don't know how we'll condense this, but um, with all of you guys listening. So 
we're gonna we kick off every episode, Janine, with a rapid fire that Sammy's gonna get you on. And then after that, if you could just give us a little bit more about you, that would be awesome. And then we're gonna dive into the topic today about why our bodies are not built to handle the stress of 2020. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Love Thanks. it. All right. Hello. So are you ready for your rapid fire? Sure. <laughs> so she's so positive. Other people are like nervous. I'm like, there's nothing to get nervous about. Like it's really like five questions, but I love how positive you are. Like, is it okay if we bring like our grandma and our grandpa and our aunt and our uncle to session today? And I'm like, you bring whoever you want. It's your session. They're like, there might be like 10 people. And I'm like, okay, I grew up in a big Italian family. I can handle it. I can handle anything. Awesome. All right. Well, here we go. Okay. So you just tell us what you prefer. So coffee or tea? Uh, tea. I wine. prefer coffee, but I can't drink it anymore because I'm in okay. the power. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Wine or beer? Uh, wine. Tequila or vodka? Vodka. Love it. Sure. Snow or sand? Sand. Okay. This is the moment of truth on our podcast. Smooth or chunky, or I guess you could say creamy, chunky water. <laughs> Jenna loves chunky. I do not. I do not love it, but it's okay. I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide just this one. Um, and then last question here, if you could have one thing in limitless quantities for the rest of your life, but it couldn't be money, what would it be? Peace. Love that. You nobody know, said those that. keep getting better, but nobody has said sand or snow for the record. I want to meet I that know. person. <laughs> we, just need to, we need to get someone on here from like Denver who like lives in Vail or, and like, they just, just like loves the powder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will never. So. <laughs> That's not me either, but yeah. it is like 50 degrees here today. But anyways, that was amazing. Janine, we're super excited to have you here and just want to really just dive in. But can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do to kick it off? Sure. Um, so I have been a mental health counselor for almost 20 years. So um, I started out at a community mental health center. Uh, I worked in family-based services and in the Asperger's Related Services Department with special needs children, um, adolescents, and young adults. Uh, I did eventually transitioned fully into the Asperger's Related Services Department and was clinical supervisor there. So I supervised master's level interns, uh, you know, graduate students, our staff. Uh, I did a lot of community presentations and education, and I headed up a lot of our family-based programs. So I did a lot of the support for the parents, the families. I've created a siblings program. Um, I eventually opened my private practice. And um, also when I was a community mental health, I did a lot of trauma work. Trauma, grief, and loss was a huge specialty of mine. And uh, so when I opened my private practice, I worked in both locations. And now I've been solely in private practice, I think, for the last four years. And I'd say my practice has really shifted. I don't work with a lot of special needs individuals anymore. I do a lot of grief and loss. I do a lot of trauma. And I, do, I see a tremendous amount of young professionals who are completely stressed out and overwhelmed with their lives. <laughs> can, you, can you take two new clients, please? <laughs> Janine, funny story. Janine actually found me my therapist who I've been going to for the past year. She's amazing because I couldn't go to Janine. Um, and the other day I walked in and and I, I haven't been there in forever. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but like blah, 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 blah. And she was like, you seem really stressed. Like, why don't we talk about your stress? And I was like, me stressed? What are you talking about? Like, everybody needs that. 
Absolutely. So I, I, I find that that's really helpful. I probably have seen yeah. a lot of eating disorders in my practice. Um, not so much the more extreme ones that are, you know, I have had some that are hospital discharged, but I tend to do the more that once I can be seen in outpatient treatment because mm-hmm. we have an outpatient model. Um, I was certified as a youth yoga instructor about two years ago, and I created a wellness program for um, high school students that incorporates mindfulness, um, yoga, meditation, um, and also nutrition. Thanks to Jenna, we do some, you know, kind of the gut brain health and I, and I teach them a little bit about that. So I've been doing that for the last two years. Um, and actually this year we expanded it from a six week program into a 12 week program because that was actually what the students had requested that it wasn't long enough. So I was really grateful for that. And currently I'm going for my adult yoga certification. So wellness is really important to me. I also am really involved in distributing young living essential oils. So I kind of love everything about wellness and just whole bo- a whole body and mind approach to um, keeping yourself where you need to be. And funny story, the trail mix recipe that I gave you, Janine, to give to the kids is probably Sammy's from back when we worked together. <laughs> I mean, that was like the only thing I ever sampled out because it took like two minutes to like open a bag of nuts, a box of checks and like Pretzels, raisins, or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they all love it. I mean, you bring high school students food, and they're like, "Yes!" <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So funny. Well, first of all, I didn't crack open my drink, so let me cheers you guys real quick. I know it's Friday and we're all busy, but she, could you hear that crackle? I'm oh, perfect. <laughs> right. So cheers, cheers to that. Um, but. You know, one of the things that you, I think it's just easy to dive right into it is that you're seeing an influx of young people coming in with stress. So the topic that we picked was based on a conversation or a speech I've heard you give before that I think it's powerful enough for every single person that ever listens to this podcast to really hear and listen to. And so can you talk about the impact of stress on our bodies and like what that means and what it does? Absolutely. I would also um, like to add that I have seen like a, a probably, I couldn't even give a percentage, the amount of increase in anxious teenagers and adolescents that come to me that keep with um, and hate themselves and their life is just so, so sad. Um, and I feel that part of the challenges is that when I was 14, a long time ago, um, <laughs> I didn't have social media, right? I didn't get an email address until I went to college. Um, mm-hmm. I had a cell phone that was like, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm dating myself. No, I had the brick. Now <laughs> Zach Morris cell phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had 10 free minutes a month and I kept it in the glove compartment in case I got into an accident. So I didn't have to deal. If my friends went out without me, I had no idea. You know, if so-and-so looked adorable in her dress, I had no idea. Um, I, we took, you know, 24 pictures on a camera and we had to wait until they were developed. And so I, I miss those days. <laughs> Um, so I think that while technology is incredible in the sense that it connects us all, we can do things like podcasts, we can educate people, we can market our businesses. My clients can get a hold of me, you know, in the snap of a finger, you know, they just send me a text message. Um, I feel also that it's overwhelming and it bombards us. And I'm not sure that the adolescent growing brain, never mind our adult brain, can always manage and handle everything that is coming at us. Um, you know, so there are a lot of, um, emotional experiences that come up when we go on social media and things like that. And so I always talk to my students and my clients about that. Like, who are you following? That's not working for you. Delete them Mm -hmm. now. 
you know, what messages yeah. are you getting that, you, that you're not enjoying? Um, and the reason for that is because our stress response um, is, is built in and it's archaic. You know, um, we have had, our, our body works in the same way that it did in the days of the caveman and so, or cave people. And so I, I often give this example. Imagine you're a cave person and you're walking out of your cave and you see a lion. What happens? My heart's fluttering now. <laughs> response is triggered. Well, so what happens? You go into fight or flight. Those are your two choices, right? You can physically take the animal down and hopefully eat it for dinner or um, you can run and hopefully outrun the lion. The challenge is, let me ask you ladies, how often when you're struggling in 2020, can you fight your way out of the situation or run out of the building or your house or your work? You can't, right? So the challenge is, is that we're left frozen. We freeze. That's the third option is that we freeze. We get, you know, back then we would get eaten by the lion, right? But um, we don't get eaten by the lion now because we don't have threats like, like lions. You know, the things that create stress for us, like anything, it could be an exam, a presentation, whatever it might be, the same response happens in our body. The same cascade of events, the same neurochemicals are released. And what happens is, is that we're frozen and we're saturated in those neurochemicals that are meant to activate us. And so we need something to do with them. And everybody goes, what's the big deal? So I have a whole bunch of stress chemicals in my body. Who cares? <laughs> well, I care. And you do. Because these stress chemicals, um, long-term wash of cortisol over our brain, which is the stress chemical that is released in this um, you know, stress process when our bodies in what we call hyperarousal, is actually been shown to change brain structure, the parts of our brain, and brain function, the way in which our brain works. So if you want to protect your brain, you will learn stress management techniques. And like I always tell my clients, you can't stop stress from happening because stress is often external to us. The only thing that we can change is the way that we respond to it. If we learn to regulate our breath, if we learn to pay attention to the cues in our body, that we're starting to get into that hyperarousal. Um, the other challenge of uh, the stress response is that our neocortex, which is like our wise owl brain, it actually kind of shuts down to protect us in those moments. That's where we do all our higher level thinking. So we won't be calculating exactly which direction would be better to outrun the light because then we would be eaten, right? Um, but, you know, when in the situations that we face today that cause stress, we need our full brain. We need all parts up and running. We don't want the amygdala, which is our emotional center running the show. Um, so that's kind of like my spiel on why it's so important. And breath is the number one way, like small breathing exercises. If your breathing is regulated, your body, it's impossible for your body to be in hyperarousal. And I think that's a really important thing to know, because if you can learn to just do some, some deep breathing exercises and things like that, you can start to notice. I mean, and I started to do this for myself. I would be doing a morning routine with my kids and, you know, getting out the door in the morning in order to get to work and getting them to school. Sometimes it's one of those things that just like sends me into a tizzy and I would notice I would be holding my breath oh. because I just like, I'm like, oh, packing lunches, you know, the things that I don't feel like doing. <laughs> Um, and there I was like holding my breath, like I'm packing a lunch. What is the big deal? Like, I don't need to be used over that. You know, make sure I breathe and do all the, do all the things, you know, that I need to be doing to regulate my body. Um, so that's my, that's my, why our, why our nervous systems are not equipped for 2020 talk.
it's like blows my mind every time you did you go first Sam (laughs) I I mean I there's so many things running through my head one I'm going to see a therapist for the first time ever and I'm yay excited it's taken me it's literally been on my to-do list for years and of course I'm like I don't need it I don't need it I don't need it and then you realize that you're stressed beyond belief and then I'm like, oh my God. So anyways, oh, so, so excited about you. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I think, I think this is just so relatable. And I think, you know, you know, Jenna very well and, and our, her and I have some overlapping clients in our practice and her practice and just they're with like food stress and they're, they're always in fight or flight because they see something and they're so used to counting calories and like that sends them into stress and just like relationship with food stress is something that we see all the time. And then also, just like most people, you'll say, oh, what do you do for stress management? And they're like, what's <laughs> This is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't even, I'll usually get like Netflix as an answer, maybe getting their nails done. Uh, but other than that, it's usually what's that is the answer I get. And, and then so you, like, you think about that though, like when someone's getting their nails done, they're on their phone. They're not like not doing anything, right? Yeah. Like I see people at the nail salon all the time. I'm one of them. <laughs> like, yeah. And then if they're watching Netflix, is it going to be like a positive show or is it a documentary about food or a show about killing people? Like that, that I've just fun? finished the show you like the series, <laughs> and I'm not good with like killer thriller, like give me a rom-com. And so like the entire time I'd be like freaking out. And then what's Joe Goldberg going to do? <laughs> How the hell am I going to go to bed right now? Like I'm freaking out. So yeah, I don't watch a lot of TV though. And that's why that afternoon, I was like, I can't do this anymore. But one of the major like key pieces of that whole talk is that first of all, what I tell people all the time is that some stress is healthy, right? You touched on that too, Janine. Yes, of course. As long as we have stress management techniques, but we've been told and people have been told that like, you can't be stressed because stress makes you gain weight and all of these things. And like, there's so much misinformation out there and people are so confused by it. But the main takeaway that I relearned from when you just spoke is that like, these are processes that it's because it's constant and it's over time and we're not addressing it and we're not dealing with it. And so it's rising and it's rising and it's rising and it's building and it's just going to explode. And it's not the stress that's making you have a bodily response. It's your lack of response to that stress. I would also like to note that like our brains are far more malleable than we thought they were. Um, so we have neuropathways, which are like the roads in our brain. And essentially through repetition, we can create new neuropathways. Repetition of behavior will create new neuropathways, but we need to repeat those patterns multiple times. We need to continue to use that new neuropathway before it's a viable alternative to the other. And I always give the example of if I know how to get to work and I drive the same way every day, I could do it with my eyes closed. Wouldn't be a good idea, but I could. Um, and you know, and then suddenly there's a roadblock. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm terrible with directions. I'm like fumbling for my GPS. I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to get lost. Um, it's going to take me a a lot of times to do that route before it becomes a viable alternative to the one I'm used to going to, right? This is the easy one. It's like, I do it without thinking. It could be like grabbing that snack. It could be like 
eating, you know, something that doesn't make my body feel good. Um, but if I start to engage in these behaviors that I know they make me feel good, I'm listening to my body, I'm eating things that are going to fuel me and make my brain work and help me to function. Um, if I keep engaging in those behaviors, I create a new neural pathway that then supports me doing that and becomes a viable alternative to this one over here, which maybe not be, may not be working for me. So consistency is working is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Repetition and consistency. And it's funny because I will often say to my clients, you know, I continue to ask you this. I keep talking about this. Um, I keep asking you to repeat this behavior. Is it because you think that I don't think you're smart enough or that I like to repeat myself or, and they're like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, no, it's because like, that's how we create change in our brain. Um, it's so important. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. I'm probably going to butcher this, but it made me think of, um, I'm currently working towards becoming a certified intuitive eating counselor. And we just had our first training with Evelyn Triboli, which was just like mind blowing. in with a client and she was like, you guys should use this. So what she'll do with a client when they're like, you know, why can't I just like be an intuitive eater? And why can't I just like not care about weight and all of these things that like the stigma behind it. And so she'll say, okay, grab a pen and write your signature with your dominant hand. Right. And so it's easy and it's beautiful and it's legible. And then she'll say, now switch hands and write your signature. And they're like, what's different about it? And they're like, well, it looks like a, a child did it. Right. And, it looks, <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, well, what's the difference is we've had years of practice and experience and all of that. But it's interesting to think that our right and our left hand, they're both on our body. They both are functioned by the same brain, but because they haven't had the repetition and the consistency and the trust and all of that, like it provides a completely different outcome. And so I was like, whoa, mind blown. Like I love analogies and I love stuff like that because I think it's so powerful for people to hear. And I'm sure that can relate to stress management where and someone's like, well, yeah, like I try to do breaths, but like it didn't calm me down. So like, what, what do you got next? Right. And it's like, okay, right. Like we did it one time um, and I'm, I'm that person hundred percent saying that. So full disclosure, but it takes time. It takes practice. It takes trusting the body. And I think there's so many like overlays and, and intersections with stress management and just like improving your relationship with food, which is a big thing of what we do here. So Absolutely. it's all connected because food is, I mean, this is obviously not a real statistic and I'm making it up, but I would say that in our world, social media and food are like the top stressors. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's not a, yeah, I don't think you're making that up at all. I think it's weight because of weight bias, weight stigma, oppression, et cetera. Um, definitely food, definitely social media, hundred percent. So I would like to add um, something that I think is really important for people to understand, which is we have our primary brain, right? The one that sits up here in our beautiful heads. Um, and then we have our second brain, which is our enteric nervous system, which is essentially our gut system. Um, and, you know, so like the, when they say, trust your gut, like that's real. It's, 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 <laughs> um, it's so important to understand um, how our gut works for us. Um, and how important it is to keep your gut healthy in terms of your mental health. So I just always give the example of 95% of the serotonin, that is the neurochemical that regulates our mood. You know, that's what uh, all these antidepressants, you know, SSRIs mm -hmm. are looking to 
reuptake. Um, that's the that's the neurochemical they work on. 95% of that serotonin is actually created in our gut, not in our brain. So taking care of our mental health means attending to our gut on what we're putting in our body and taking care of our, you know, food wellness and what we're putting in our gut is going to relate to how we're going to feel emotionally. Um, and I think that that's just to go really, really important. Um, you know, it has, our gut has more nerves than our spinal cord. If we were to roll the whole thing out, I believe it would cover, I think they say a football field. So it's this vast sensory organ. So what we're putting in our bodies is so important and it's so related to, um, to our mood. It's huge. That was a great statistic. Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> the of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I think we just got to our nutrition tips a little early, but I love it. I love it. It is so powerful. And I think that finding the balance in your eating habits and your stress management and all of these things is just so important. I So I think Janine knows this and Sammy knows this and probably most of the listeners out there know this, but I am, I'm very reluctant to yoga. Um, I just have a hard time, you know, dedicating my time to being still and breathing and doing all those things. But I can honestly tell you that I've never felt better as when I did a whole week of it. And so like, I don't know why I can't connect that to keep doing it, but they, what, what they say is true that it just takes consistency. Yeah. <laughs> If you guys don't mind, I want to share this awesome quote about emotions in our gut from um, Emmerman Mayer wrote a book called on the gut-brain connection. And I found, I put this in my presentation that I gave at Rutgers last September, because I just feel that it's such a powerful um, quote. And it says, when your emotions play out in the theater of your gut, a large ensemble of special, specialized cells are at work. The actors include various types of gut cells, cells of the enteric nervous system, and the gut's 100 trillion microbes. And the play's emotional overtones will alter their behavior and their chemical conversations. The plots rotate throughout your day, include guts in the chronically angry or anxious person are usually using a script that dates back to childhood and they play out dark plots day after day. Many gut cells in these places over time adapt to accommodate the stage direction. Nerve connections in the enteric nervous system change. The sensory um, in the gut become more sensitive, the sensory receptors. The gut serotonin producing machinery shifts into higher gear, and even the gut microbes may become more aggressive. One would expect that changing the playbook of the brain to more positive stories with the goal of altering gut reactions and thereby reversing the cellular changes in the gut might be more promising. So I just think it's so interesting to like think about there's like this whole like play going on about our emotions in our bellies. And um, just thinking about that to me is like, that's really mind blowing. It absolutely is. And I think something else that you said, I don't know why it stuck with me and I want to kind of ask more about that, but I think how you had said when we're in like a stressful, like when we're have a lot of cortisol, like we're acting with our emotion more, right? Was it? Like, and, what's called, we call it hyperarousal. Okay. And I feel like I can connect to that so much, like whether it's with work or home life or whatever it is, like when you can just feel the sensation, like every emotion has a physical sensation. And so you feel the physical sensation and then like, yeah, you can't even think straight. You're just acting on that emotion and that can be very troublesome. And I feel like I can just connect to that. Like when you said that, I was like, well, I've never thought of it like that. But now that you said it, like I feel that. 
And remember, like your body is literally jacked up to either run or fight physically. Yeah. That's what your body is prepared for. But instead you're like sitting in a business meeting or you're talking to your spouse or you're trying to negotiate with your child or <laughs> your presentation. Like you're, you're doing the, the regular day things, except your body is prepared to like fight or run. And that's why you are like... You know, some people say like, I feel so like uncomfortable in my own skin and I'm sweating and I'm hot, you know, my stomach hurts, my heart is pounding. And it's like, yeah, you're ready to like do some serious physical work, which is also why physical activity is so important because it actually burns off. Those are the two ways that we can do it. Meditation and relaxation and exercise, um, you know, physical activity will actually burn off these neurochemicals in the same way that fighting or running would. So let me ask you something on that vein, though, like when people have a poor relationship with fitness, which is something that I've had, you know, and we start using that excuse of like, oh, I'm just going to work it off. You know, what is some, do you have any insight on that? Like how that connection can be? Absolutely. This well, is like my therapy session right now. Same. I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> so it's not the only thing. Like the physicality has to be balanced with the, uh, the breath work the relaxation, you have to be just as adept at being still as you do at burning things off. Hmm. So if you think of that dichotomy, if you think of like, can I, you know, I always think of like, um, Liz, one of my yoga instructors who owns the studio that I go to and I'm training under, she always says like strength and ease at the same time. Like, how do you find that balance of like, you're with your breath, you're not muscling through a pose, you know, you're regulated in your breath, you're in your body, and you're just like doing the thing, you're doing it with ease, but you're using strength at the same time. Like you can be powerful and be calm and be still and be quiet. I know this because I was, and, and still am in many ways, an incredibly intense person. Um, but I, I almost cried the other day because one of my best friends who lives across the country, who I only get to talk to, like, you know, every couple, you know, we're both moms, we're both working, it's challenging. Um, we were talking the other day about a lot of the lot of things that are going on in life. And she said, it's really amazing, Janine, like through this whole process of yoga and mindfulness and all the things that you're doing, she's like, you've softened. And I loved that word. Like, how do I soften? We all are like, yeah. And how do we not? Like on social media, everybody's showing their best self. Everybody's showing how successful they are, showing how beautiful they are, showing how fit they are. And it's like, we forget that like, yeah, well, that's like, a, it's like a highlight reel. It, it's not day-to-day -day life. And we're often comparing our day-to-day -day life with everyone else's highlight reel. And that's a challenge. Um, it, plays, it plays into... Um, you know, these negative thinking patterns and like feedback loops that we get into. Um, so it's really about not just about physically burning them off, um, but also finding ease and stillness and also finding a way to flip the script in your brain. And I, I say, what bullshit stories are you telling yourself? Yeah. Um, and, and how do those need to change? Because if, if we really start to examine, like, what are we, what are we telling ourselves? And then maybe what are we telling other people? Um, it really can be so powerful. And all of those things, in fact, it impacts the way that our body functions physically. I think going off of that, that just made me think, and you already mentioned this earlier, but millennials, like stressed mm -hmm. millennials is what you feel like you're seeing a lot of. And I think Jenna will probably be able to hopefully be able to agree with me on this one, but Always. I know I see, um, we, we work with a lot of private practice dietitians and other dietitians that have virtual 
businesses or, or private practices and the, the big like imposter syndrome, right. Oh. Of like, I'm not doing enough. And I think it, it comes down back to the social media, the comparison trap that we live in. And so I know I hear a lot of clients with that. I know I personally struggle with that. I know a lot of friends that do, what are your biggest, like, and I think you kind of already touched on that of like re, you know, breaking those, those loops and telling yourself like actual truth instead of replaying those thoughts. But do you have any tips on that? Like with imposter syndrome and comparison trap, like how to get out of that? Absolutely. So I think you really have to have a clear cut idea of, of who you are and what you want out of life. Not mm-hmm. what everybody else's goals are. Like, what mm-hmm. do you want? Like, what's your message? Um, what are you trying to impart upon people? I think that's so important. Um, so I think we get stuck in what everybody else is doing and we're not mm-hmm. sure, like, how are we actually, what do we actually want to accomplish? And, you know, I, I laugh and joke because I, I, I run a successful business and, you know, I'm a yoga instructor and I distribute essential oils and I'm a mental health counselor. I have my own practice. And, you know, You're I just- a parent too, you know. I'm you know a mom. Yeah, I'm a a lot going on. I like chair committees and, you know, do all the things. I'm class mom and all those things. Um, And I did not have a professional social media until this morning. (laughs) That's actually, that's probably why you're so successful. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like doing a podcast on the internet. I should probably have like a professional page. Um, And I think I've been hesitant to do that because like, I don't, I don't want to do all the comparisons, but then I realize like, that's not serving me either. Cause they're there. Yeah. Anyway. You know, we're going to consistently compare ourselves. So here's what I would suggest. You need to have a solid um, mindfulness meditation practice that you ground. Yourself How in. many minutes? Like, give me like a number. <laughs> Where does someone start? <laughs> do you like headspace? <laughs> Ready to go. Like, that depends. So for me, you know, I, I happen to do a, a Ziva training and I do 15 minutes of um, meditation. It's a mindfulness meditation and manifesting in the morning and at night. So I do 30 minutes a day. Okay. However, does everybody need to do 30 minutes a day? No. If you can find some, you have to find something that works for you. So I have clients that they love that. They've read the book Stress Less, or, um, uh, Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher, which is, which is where I got my, where I learned how to do it. I did the online training too. Um, but I have clients who also do that. And then I have clients who are like, that doesn't work for me. I don't, I don't like that method. I like something else. Um, there are a million apps. There's the Calm app. Uh, there's, yeah. there's Headspace. Um, the one thing that I do have to say that I do like about the one that I use is like, I don't need an app. Yeah. That's um, what I just feel like I want to disconnect from the phone completely. The blue light. Yeah. Yeah. So some people don't want to be app reliant. But here's the thing, you know, start small. Like if you're doing zero meditation and mindfulness a day, like, you know, how about five minutes? How about five minutes of breath work? How about, you know, one of the things I love on the Calm app is um, there's body scanning exercises. Mm. Um, Body scanning exercises are incredible because they tune us into what's going on in our body and how stress is showing up in our body. Um, are we grinding our teeth? Are we lots of clients like curl yes. <laughs> your shoes? Um, are you like wringing your hands out? Mm-hmm. Are you squeezing your arms in your body? Are you holding tension? You know, what are <laughs> you doing? It all is like hell. <laughs> anybody listening, I highly recommend you watch this video because our hand raising and our, our 
It's just a great video. I'm also thinking about how like in college, one of my best friends used to be like, before you make a decision, like something stupid, like you should do four square, which was like, hold your breath for four seconds, breathe, blah, blah. And I'd be like, shut up. I'm not going to say her name. I'm like, that's dumb. And like, she was the smart one all these years. <laughs> so let me tell you a little background story for me. Cause you know, I don't want people to think, oh, it's easy. Um, I did not. <laughs> I started out, uh, I did a, uh, was it uh, my pre-practicum for my gra for grad school at the counseling center at the college where, at Seton Hall University, where I went. And we were doing, uh, we were training the incoming freshmen. We had to, part of our job was to give them training. And so I had to teach them relaxation exercises. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like, this is so lame. Like, this doesn't work. You know, I'm just going to sit there and breathe and everything's going to be fine. And every time I tried, I would fall asleep. <laughs> um, and I was like, I can't do this. I'm just, this is just not for me. It's just not meant for me. And then I learned all about fight or flight and the brain. And I started doing a lot of, you know, doing work with special needs children means learning a lot about neuropsych stuff. And I worked under an incredible neuropsychologist who taught me so much about the brain. And then when I started to do trauma work and I saw how not only did trauma alter our brain, but it also altered you know, the way we had experiences and it showed up in our body. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Bessel van der Kolk's work, but he talks about trauma literally lives in our cellular memory. Yeah. So we need to release that from mm -hmm. our bodies through things like, you know, mindfulness and meditation and breathing and yoga and, and the slowing down things, the things that slow us. Um, so it wasn't always something for me when I went to my first yoga class because one of my friends was teaching and she was like, would you come? And I was like, sure. And in my head, I thought, and I will never come back. <laughs> um, now I teach yoga. So you, know, um, I always, you, told, you told me something once where it was like your instructor, Liz, who's a wonderful yoga instructor. So you were sweating. And I always remember, I think about this and like, she was telling you to be still and you took your towel and you wiped the sweat away. And Liz said, it's just going to come back. Why are you wasting your energy? Um, and I thought that was like so powerful, like just like learning to just be in the moment, like you're sweating. Cool. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be still let yourself like whatever it is like, oh, you're thinking about something you have to do later when you're supposed to be on your date with your whoever, like, cool. Let that wait, like be in the moment. And that's really hard. That's really hard for a lot of my clients to be out for meals with their family and not thinking about the stress of the food and all of that. And this mindfulness is, it's a big, big, big takeaway. Well, there's yeah. a great example in Emily Fletcher's book where she says, stop for a minute and try to change your heartbeat without moving around, without running, without anything. Try to make it go faster. Try to make it go slower. You can't, correct? We are not in charge of that, right? Like you try, <laughs> but it's still going to be at the same pace unless you start running or, you know, like you, know, you can, your heartbeat changes naturally when you're physically active, right? But you can't, you can't change it just sitting here. It's the same thing with thoughts. You can't, like thoughts are involuntary, like heartbeats. You can't stop them from coming, but it's how you manage them and what you do with them that matters. Like your response matters. And those are the things you have control over. You have control over your response to your internal dialogue, those bullshit stories that we tell ourselves and yeah. or the positive mantras that, you know, are in our head, the positive um, thoughts that are in our head. Um, and then also, um, totally lost my train of thought for a second. No, that was really good though. You could have even stopped it there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't want to say mantras. So I was like, no, I didn't want to say mantras there. Um, 
but yeah, so you, you have control over that internal, but then you also have control over how you respond to the external. Like this idea that like, this person makes me so mad. Well, like, no, this person does a behavior you don't like. And then you have to choose whether or not you want to waste your energy on that. And I've been talking to my kids recently, my own children and, and my clients too, but like we have a finite amount of energy throughout the day. We need to start choosing on what we really want to use that energy for. Do you, do you want to waste it being angry? Do you want to wait? Like, I know a lot of us, we have, we have to expend for long hours and we have a lot of challenging things to do. Um, you know, I used to be somebody who would get really frustrated when I was in traffic, like, oh, this guy, I can't believe, oh, you know? Um, and then it's like, now things like that happen. I'm just like, I don't want to waste my energy on that person. Yeah. And it's just not worth it for me to get worked up about something that's just, it just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of my life. So this is an episode all my clients are going to be required to listen to for Same. now. <laughs> this is like required learning for sure. You know, and I feel like I'm just watching the clock on us because I feel like we could go forever on this topic and I'm sure you agree, Sam. Um, but I think that there have been so, so we do something called like the tipsy of the day or of the episode. And I just feel like the entire episode was a tipsy. <laughs> Lots of notes over here. And everything was just so powerful. But I mean, Sam, if you have anything else to add, please interrupt me. But is there like, um, like some, you mentioned like start small, start slow, but is there something that, you know, one big, huge takeaway that you would want everyone to know who's living in 2020 in this stress world to like start to implement today or to remind themselves or to know and remember? I would say to like start an exploration to learn about the way that stress impacts our body. You know, like, like the Emmerman Mayer's book is like, is, is, is hard to get through, but it's like really <laughs> powerful. It's a really powerful book or like find someone, find a mental health professional or, or someone or an RD who understands those conceptually and can share them with you. Like, know that, I mean, and I think this is something that's really interesting. You know, we talked about your, your regular brain and your second brain being your enteric nervous system, what runs your gut, you know, um, your enteric nervous system runs your gut system. So what happens is, is like, it can function independently without your brain. Like it does what it needs to do with the food and with your mood and all of those things. But when you're stressed, um, just like when there's a natural disaster, he gives this example and the, the federal government starts to control the state municipalities. And it's like, nope, you can't do that. They shut them down. Like federal government government's now in charge of everything. So there's like some kind of natural disaster, natural disaster. Um, same thing happens in our body when we go into hyperarousal is the brain goes, that's it. And it takes all the power from the enteric nervous system away, which is why we experience gastrointestinal distress when, when, you know, when we're stressed out, right? Because we literally shuts it down. It goes, nope. I'm taking your, it's like, I'm pulling the plug. I'm taking your power away. Um, and, and when we are having emotions, um, the enteric nervous system makes the necessary changes to our gut microbiota. Like the little microbes that live in our gut get changed by our emotion. Like I think just understanding how powerful that is, is so important. Um, but I would say take, take five minutes a day to, uh, to learn some breathing exercises, engage in um, gratitude practices. So there's a new thing. Um, I actually got it from a dear friend of mine, Karen, who's actually my acupuncturist and a really good friend. You know, Karen. 
And uh, she gave me the one minute gratitude journal. You can get it on Amazon. Um, it's great because it's already set up. It has like the date and it says like what I'm grateful for. And I, I try to do that every single day. Um, shifting your brain towards gratitude has actually been shown to uh, start to spark changes in neurochemistry. The actual shift of just thinking about it, not doing anything about it, just thinking about it. So I would say breath, gratitude practices. And um, then if you want to go deeper, learning more about, you know, the, the mind gut connection. It's amazing. It's awesome. I love it so much. And I think it's important too. And I just want to make sure that, you know, people listening hear this is that there is like nutrition does amazing things for our gut, right. And the, and the brain and that connection but tell me if I'm hearing you correctly, if someone has a poor relationship with food and food stresses them out beyond belief or the relationship bring with food- Bring it home, food, Sam. <laughs> right? It's just like so poor. It doesn't, like, it's not that it doesn't matter what you eat, but we have to address that relationship with food because if you're just in this binge and restrict mode and just all or nothing black and white diet culture, how, and, and so stressed, like how could we truly- work on our stress if our relationship with food is so poor and we eat every day okay. yeah right and we need it to survive we <laughs> yeah. need for our brains to work like we we need food and it's it absolutely like if you are so stressed out about food it doesn't matter what it just essentially doesn't matter what you're putting in your body because you know your entire nervous system is going to shut down your gut so yeah you That's know? why everyone has the runs or constipation. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, seriously. No, that was so good. That was like the perfect way to yeah. bring this all together. And which is why, again, every client, past, future, or present, you will be listening to this. Yeah, episode. this is getting sent out immediately before release. Um, but, but no, thank you so much, Janine, for everything. I think this is like, this, we need many, many more Janines and yourself. We will definitely be bringing you back on, but I think more mental health specialists because this is so important and it's not talked about enough. It's so and relevant. It's so, so important. So for anyone that's listening, what is the best way that they can get in contact with you or that they can reach you? So um, you might notice that at times like Jenna will tag me on my personal Instagram or Facebook. And because of the nature of my work, we're not allowed to accept um, anybody who we're not like directly connected to like family and friends. Gotcha. Um, but I just recently, like I said earlier, I created an Instagram handle this morning <laughs> um, where I can kind of incorporate all the wellness practices um, that I do. Um, and Actions.com is uh, that's my private practice. You can get me at J Standish, S T A N D I S H, at Meaningful Directions with an S.com. You can email me questions or you know, whatever you might like. You're gonna get a lot from me, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for being here. This has been so empowering. Cheers to everybody. Later, my flow today because I got to pick the kids. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be drinking my deep eddies <laughs> later. Well, thank you, Janine. We love you. We appreciate yeah. you. And thank you for this conversation. Thank you for having me. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. 
please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.